0: Hey, guys, this is Eddie McClintock. I play Special Agent Pete Latimer on Warehouse 13. At least I did before they canceled us. And you guys are listening to Paul, Ian, and Matt on the McSauce comic book podcast. Check it out.
1: Welcome to episode 131 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharpley. Hello. And Matthew Richard Cassell. Hey. It is Monday night, December 7th, and tonight we're going to talk about the... Was it a surprise trailer? Did we know this was coming for Batman v Superman? Yeah, we knew it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. I was like, oh shit, look what it is. Paul, wait a minute. We did
0: a whole podcast episode last week about the snippet from the upcoming trailer for Batman v. Superman. I thought it was just a snippet. You didn't realize there was a trailer coming
2: the next day? No, I didn't. In fairness, I didn't know that either. So Matt, you have supreme
1: internet knowledge. No more rubbing your eyes before we start recording because your face is a mess. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, it's still handsome, but your eyes are real red.
0: Now on a ten point scale, Paul, what where does
2: my face fall? Is right now? Normally. Is his face impeding his ability to podcast? On a Paul?
1: scale of one to ten, how handsome is Matt Cassell? I think. What, what do we say? Seven point seven and a half.
2: What's your expectation of how <laughs> handsome he should be?
1: <laughs> my polynomials for Matt Cassell. You once gave me a high eight. I was. But you I don't were know drunk. What I was thinking. You were drunk. I'm always drunk.
0: More recently, you gave me a high 7, which makes me feel kind of bad. I dropped an entire point.
2: What happened for him to drop an entire point? Do I have point? more lines on my face? Is it my red eyes? I don't Was know. Was it his personality? Do you take that into account? No. no I would think I, that I would raise
1: it, wouldn't you think?
2: No, definitely not. <laughs>
1: I don't I don't I don't know. I must have just been just been feeling some of that Matt wellness going on. But yeah, if I think Seven, seven and a It's a like half. Matt Cassell, the dark world. But with all here. this eye-rubby redness around your eyes. I mean, what, the, five and a half, oh, five and three quarters. I might
2: have Matt's a seven. hard-working dude. He's a little tired. He's just trying to wake himself up, psych himself up for tonight's podcast.
1: I'm going to bring the energy tonight, Paul. Don't worry about that.
2: Good-looking um, guy, though. Don't, I mean... For I those think, of you yeah. that don't know Matt Cassell, we might have some pictures floating around out there on the old... Mcsauce facebook page you can go there and check that out there's
0: very many good ones i am not a photogenic lad i don't look good in pictures i think i look better in real life wouldn't you agree ian you look great
2: i'm not looking at you even though you're
1: i think you centimeters away from my face i think like most people you're too hard on yourself but before we get into that ian do and you want to do housekeeping now, how
0: do you feel like these jeans are fitting on me paul do you well, feel they're a little tight we're heads? sitting
1: we're all sitting at a high table so i can't see your ass luckily right, right anyway right time out on the podcast
2: <laughs> if you go to mixsauce.com, you can find our web comics the podcast, and our reviews. You cannot find pictures <laughs> of Mac <laughs> Pictures of his ass, of, of his handsome face, of his eternal hairdo. You can't find any of those at McSauce.com. However, if you do go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash McSauce, you can find pictures of Matt Cassell as he's out on the town at comic conventions having a a lovely dinner with his friends, perhaps at a sheets, hanging out a little bit, or in a hotel room with a uh, with a nice robe, a complimentary robe on. Oh yeah, that's up. That's on there. So we look good in that picture, by the way.
0: That that was one of the few where we looked. Well, where I looked good. You always look good, Paul.
1: Naturally. There are also...
2: Not like Ed Burns, but good just the same. Yeah. There are also pictures of some of our convention works, our prints, our buttons. Us sitting at booths making faces. So go to the Facebook page to check out all of your McSauce pictures. And uh, there's there's all kinds of good stuff. We're we're a photogenic crew. Mm. Eh. some of us
0: some of us aren't
2: for the podcast like I mentioned before go to mixsauce.com and you can find all the links that will take you to the iTunes page you can also go to Stitcher Radio if you're not an iTunes person you can also find the entire catalog of Mixsauce podcasts at mixaucepodcast.libsen.com. and right now it's December 7th and by the time that you listen to this it might be too late but I'm going to mention it anyway. The cutoff is December 11th but we are still continuing the Toys for Tots charity for our third year. If you go to mixos.com, you can easily donate by scrolling to the bottom of the page clicking the donate button and inserting any kind of amount that you'd like. There's no minimum amount. There's no maximum amount. So anything that you can lend is great. Any
0: kind is appreciated. However, big ones are appreciated a little bit
1: more. It's real easy to do. It's something we really enjoy doing every year. And we need your help to get the most bang for the buck out of this yearly trip. So we're down on the wire. Couple days as of the posting of this episode, Uh, you have until December 11th. Please go on, dollar, two dollars, five dollars, two thousand dollars, whatever you want. You can run the gamut. Just uh, we implore you, we would appreciate any kind of donation. Just over this week, the poor, poor children.
2: Who go toyless at Christmas. They have to play with sticks and rocks and snowballs. I don't and... care about these children.
1: But other people care about these children?
2: Matt and myself definitely <laughs> care about these children. So please, please help out. Over the weekend, Teresa donated. So thank you, Teresa. If any of you out there in McSauce Nation, I know you listen to this podcast because you, you send along your comments about how stupid we are and how wrong we are. So for us entertaining you all year long with incorrect facts and our (laughs) judgmental selves, please send along any kind of donation that you can spare.
0: We will post uh, pictures from the trip and pictures of the cart filled with toys. We did that last year and boy, was that fun. It'll be like you
2: came- Probably pictures of Matt. Pictures of Matt. We'll get some good pictures of Matt, and then yeah. you can decide for yourself. Yeah, I'll make sure that I'm
0: wearing a great outfit for you listeners. When don't you? I don't know. This is kind
1: of kind of boring. When right? are you ever not aware of your wardrobe? That's a good point. Well, are, do you feel that Ian is aware of his wardrobe today? He doesn't even <laughs> care what color his car is. He's like, so long as it has wheels and a steering wheel, I'll take now, it. Now,
0: tonight, Ian is wearing... Uh, what are
2: you wearing tonight? Oh, uh, I am wearing Toys R Us circa yeah, 1999. Lovely
0: blue jeans. Where are those blue jeans from, Ian? Target? From Target. That could be either be Wrangler. It could be... Uh, I believe they're
2: Target brand Denizen. Denizen, that's, that's
0: like, a, like yeah. an offshoot of Levi, I believe. Possibly. Specifically for Target. Great fit. Great fit. Great All right. denim. Thank Here's you. the thing. More importantly... I think the listening audience wants to know about the top that you're wearing. You're wearing a vintage t-shirt from circa 1998 or whatever it might be. Yes. Of this shirt that feels kind of like um, some kind of sheer uh, curtain kind of material. It, it's, because it has been through the ringer, literally.
2: It's very soft because it is very old. and has gotten a lot of wear.
0: Ian, tell the listening audience what is on the front of your I'm,
2: shirt. I'm wearing an official Toys R Us Nintendo Game Boy Advanced t-shirt that they supplied all of the ticket writers from that era. Now, that
0: was the classic second generation Game Boy that came out. It was a handheld system. It was the successor to the widely popular
1: Game Boy. So... Game, Game, Boy. Boy, Game Boy then Game Boy Color? Yeah, are but that was... Those differ- were all we differentiating? The,
0: well, you had Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket, and all that horse mm-hmm. shit. But they were still just iterations of the Game Boy. Yeah. The Game Boy Advance was the true next version of of the system so and i know for all you listeners out there you hate when we get into video game talk or maybe that's just paul but anyway i love it actually some of them
2: some of them love it they love when we talk video games yeah
0: i heard a little bit about like we don't know what we're talking about oh you're being sarcastic however however i would go toe-to-toe with anybody that any other podcast might have out there in podcast land to talk video games we're looking at you
2: gearbox union
1: <laughs> That's right, the power glove has been thrown. <laughs> so. I thought you were gonna say the power glove has been slapped across their faces. Wow, that was like the gaunt Anyway,
0: so. Ian. You used to work at Toys R Us. You used to be, uh, because back in the day, this was before Toys R Us transferred into the, like that back corner section where they have all the video it was, games. It, so it was still be- the aisles, right? It was
2: before the R Zone. There were aisles. There were yes.
0: aisles where you would take the ticket off of the aisle and you would take it to that R Zone area, I believe. It
2: was just the booth at that point. Yeah, it, was they like, it
0: looked like a gap, like one of those gas stations that's just like the person in the mm-hmm. little, little, little cube with cigarettes but instead of cigarettes it was video games so ian used to walk the aisles of the game boy advance days he would walk the aisles and you had on a special utility belt
2: (laughs) well there weren't a lot of areas for them to set up the the test versions that we had of game boy advance we received two demo copies didn't have anywhere or any good way to set them up so that Customers could try them out. The way that we came up to help children all over the Monroeville area (laughs) discover Game Boy Advance was we rigged up this belt that had string or something attached to two different Game Boy Advances. And I walked around the aisles for a couple of weeks and had kids. Play Game Boy Advance attached to my hips, so it was it was not one of my high points of working at Toys R Us, but yeah, I can.
0: Uh, how how long did a shift last? Where you had to literally let kids walk up to your belt?
2: Ah, uh, man, I only wore that belt for like an hour, and then I was like, "Fuck this, I'm done doing that." And yeah, I had as a ticket writer, there were other duties that I had in the hierarchy of Toys R Us. There oh, and beyond just. It, it went beyond just In the blood, simple belt-wearing okay. belt duties. You had to take care of the video game systems. You also had to handle the bikes. And then you had to handle the environmentals as well as now, the... The um, environmentals. Ian, I, I,
0: know, I, I know we have some planned topics tonight, which, let's be honest, are going to be amazing. Right. But I do want to ask you a question. Uh-huh. You used to work at Toys R Us during what to me was kind of the pinnacle of video gaming. Um, I would say in the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. from my personal tastes, Mm -hmm. the genre has regressed. But back when you worked at Toys R Us, you were selling the finest video games ever created. The Sega Dreamcast, my favorite system of all time. I Who was you there, there for the launch. I was there
2: for the launch. Me and tell, tell loyal me listener Joe Saxman <laughs> set up the aisle. Oh my God. Tell the listening everything.
0: audience about that because I want to know. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody out there in Mixos Comic Book Podcast land wants to hear about the Sega Dreamcast launch at Toys R Us.
2: It wasn't as glorious as you're hyping it up to be, Matt. There wasn't tons of buzz for it. How dare you! They, yeah, had, we have they had other times. They had great too. launch games. Yeah. We set the launch games up. Uh, they had Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic they had the Ready Hedger. to
0: Rumble. Dude, Michael Buffer had his voice in that game. You know what he said?
2: Let's get ready to rumble. That's it. Perhaps, That's what he said.
0: Perhaps.
2: They had a really high quality NFL game, the NFL two the 2K series in general. Was that highly the greatest re- football franchise of all time? Highly regarded. For my money, I, I'd go. PlayStation 1 Game Day franchise. I love that. Ouch. Early 2000 Madden was also really high quality video yeah, gaming. Yeah, it good. But uh, I think that we have other things to talk about than late so 90s. So there you have it,
0: guys. That was the Sega Dreamcast launch in 1999, September 9th, 1999. Yeah, it about was. How much was that system when it came out?
2: I don't remember. It was
0: $199.
1: Cheap it was uh, today's standards
0: at the time when it came out it set all the records it was like the new hotness but it was so fleeting because the shadow of the PlayStation 2 loomed yeah. one year later when it launched the on, greatest on the greatest selling video game system of all, of all time. time when it launched on October 26, 2001 no, 2000
2: 2000, sorry Matt, did you purchase a PlayStation 2 the day of? I did, yeah. But I also got a Dreamcast the
0: day of, and I still say to this day, even though the Dreamcast lasted only two years before they
2: pulled the plug, it's still a better system than the PlayStation 2. Ah, man. I got my money's worth out of PlayStation 2, and I waited in line at Best Buy to get a PlayStation 2 because I had I had been on hiatus from Toys R Us at that point, so <laughs> I didn't have any connections yeah. to get my PlayStation 2. But I waited in line. I, I bought... Madden with my PlayStation 2, and I don't know how many times I played that first version of Madden with my roommates and with my buddies. Oh, it was
0: good. There's no I just, doubt.
2: I, I don't know how many seasons I played with that first version. Later on, 2004, 2005, I had a season that went 13, 13 seasons <sighs> played fucking forever. So quality game got my money out of the PlayStation too. But I'll I'll put my money on the NFL 2K franchise
0: over Madden any day. But anyway, that that's for another podcast, Paul. What fast-forwarding
2: slightly to the current day. Yeah, for what, what isn't
0: for another podcast is our reaction to the Batman v Superman trailer. We watched it just before this episode. Now we had already watched it, so we were already a little familiar. But we refreshed ourselves. We did. And I don't want to speak for the rest of you guys, but I'll tell you this right now. I had some mixed feelings on it. Okay, well,
2: why don't you go with those, Matt? Why don't you well, I you? will,
0: but I... Yeah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll kick it off. I don't care.
2: It's... you're The way that you usually go, you throw it to us, and then you... you uh, that's I your... do like
0: to go last, because uh, I want to see what you guys have. I don't want to play my hand too early, but... Here's here's the way I feel. I feel like it looks cool. It looks good. I think the first trailer energized me more than this one did. Um, it was almost like we saw too much. You know, if if I'm comparing it to the other biggest trailer, you know, since Sliced Bread, Civil War, no, Star Wars, mm. the Force Awakens.
1: Mm. Oh, that one.
0: We've gotten what. Uh, two teasers and a full length trailer in 8,000 TV spots however we still don't really know what the storyline is for this movie but I could tell you pretty much shot for shot, scene for scene what Superman or Batman v Superman is all about. They revealed so much. I don't feel like there's any twists. It's like I feel like whoever put the trailer together for Batman v Superman was like watching trailers over the summer and were like you know what trailer was really good? It was the Terminator trailer, where they reveal the big twist that John Connor is actually a Terminator. Let's get that guy to do our trailer. So they call him up and they're like, dude, okay, here's our big twist. We're gonna hey, have- Johnny
2: spoils a lot. Right. Why don't you come okay. in? And- we're going
0: to have Doomsday come out. And we're going to have Doomsday be the big reveal. Like, how cool is that? So we're going to see Batman fighting Superman. And then we're going to reveal Doomsday. And then we're going to reveal, here's how we're going to reveal Wonder Woman. Oh, let's show that in the trailer too. And then while we're on, on top of that, now we'll understand why Superman and Batman become like united. And we can see the birth of the Justice League. Let's see that in the trailer, too. They're leaving us with no surprises. You know, some people are like, well, what's the big surprise going to be? Like, if they showed us this much, there's got to be something. I have news for you. There isn't anything else. There will not be a surprise. We've
1: seen it all. I don't get paid to lay out trailers for movies. What? That's not my job. Oh, (laughs) okay.
2: Okay, okay.
1: But... I am fairly confident that when I say when Warner Brothers is rolling out the one the Aquaman movie, you show some big shit. You you show some surprises. You show the big bad guy. You show some big battles because you need to sell Aquaman. You probably even need to do that with the Flash movie because tons of people are gonna be like, wait, wait. wait. Where's Grant Gustin? He's the Flash. But you don't need to do that with Batman v Superman. The sheer the, the sheer anticipation of Batman fighting Superman, the two most recognizable superheroes on the planet, fighting each other, that is enough spectacle to bring people to the theater. It's you don't clearly need the- to play your entire hand in your second trailer which is what Warner Brothers did. But this this follows the the long line of Warner
2: Brothers tripping over their own feet.
1: I mean, they're consistent. It's clearly the
2: appetizer. I by the time that this trailer rolled out and we watched it and all everything has been thrown at the audience. I forget that Ah, oh, Batman and Superman. I remember there was a time where I was excited just for that logo. That that conf- the possible confrontation that maybe would happen at the end of the film was super exciting.
1: There was a lot in this trailer that after the first trailer, I was like, Oh boy, I'm pretty sure there's an episode of this podcast where I say I'm more excited for Batman v Superman than I am Force Awakens. But... Yeah, after you... watching this trailer <laughs> i'm like oh yeah i'm not i'm not even excited for batman v superman anymore. It, it's
2: an exercise in restraint in old-fashioned trailer trailer making which is what jj and whoever the trailer maker for star wars it's not,
1: is it's not even about the composition of the trailer it's like restraint well, they, in
2: the information
1: that you're they're passing like hey wrong. this is it's it's the stuff that they're showing isn't even things that I want from this movie. Like, all the, all the anticipation that I had that I thought, hey, maybe they're going to do stuff right this time. They're not. They're not. Do you really <laughs> think that? I think that there's a chance that they could still I think make a movie that I'll a little, be very satisfied a little, with. I think my polynomics was a 10 and 10 after that first trailer.
2: No. Now, no fucking mine. way, was it? Mine it was... was, it was High. There's no way that I would have remembered if it was, it was ten it and was ten, high, baby boy. It might have been nines. It may have been
1: nines. May have been the old the old Gretz nine and nine. Ten and ten. It was pretty fucking that's, high, but now that Star
2: Wars Matt territory. Now right there. I
1: feel like I'm seven and seven. I feel like I'm Paul Coffee. <laughs> Hockey reference Ian, for you, all of you that sat through fucking video game talk for the first twenty minutes of this episode. You, there you go, Jody. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that I was a 10 and
1: 10?
0: You were a 10 and 10 for Star Wars. No, for Superman v. Batman. Or Batman
1: v. Superman, if you want to say it right. It doesn't matter. Your favorite heroes versus dumb shit may as well be what it's called. (laughs) Your favorite
2: heroes. Your favorite heroes versus themselves, then something silly comes in, saved by another hero. The thing that's disappointing to me, and maybe this is the 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 razor focus that I've been paying attention with Star Wars and breaking down those trailers it's not my typical nature to take a look at a trailer and try to figure out what act things happen in. But with Star Wars I've been extremely excited that's how I've been breaking it down I'm pretty sure that the forest scene happens in the second act at this point. With the Batman v Superman trailer Wait, I've been... It? The forest they're in the forest
0: forest. I thought you said the force scene I'm like the forest the force scene the force in it the whole time yeah
2: it's the whole thing it's awakening the entire time it's like rolling around in bed waking up if it was
0: like me it would hit snooze 30 fucking times before it gets its ass up that's my style
2: (laughs) so with Batman v Superman I feel like I'm putting the same kind of Razor focus with it And now I'm breaking down Every little thing That they're saying Ah oh, is she with you I thought So that's the first time That they meet Wonder Woman I don't need to see that In the Shouldn't that be a surprise For the audience A nice little treat I don't need to see Fucking Doomsday
1: At all either Do you think Some of Some of our critique Of This trailer's spoilers Feel heightened Because The Force Awakens Isn't giving us anything Probably. Like, like, yeah, I think it's Force definitely... The just... fourth wasn't happening. Like, um, you know, Captain America Civil War came out. We're right. not... We didn't say anything about any potential spoilers in, in that. So is Batman v Superman just over the top giving us too much? Was
2: there anything in Captain America Civil War that you felt was a spoiler? Or that... Is there something that you're looking for that would be a spoiler? Spider-Man's the only thing that I can think of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man's the only thing I can think of, but there isn't anything else. Like, there's nothing else that I expect to see from Civil War that they didn't show in the movie. We're gonna get some cool fight scenes from a bunch of superheroes, but meh, been there, done that. Yeah, the be, I, I think the the best we can look for that we don't know about from Civil War is the Spider-Man reveal. Which could very well be spoiled by the time their second trailer comes out. And some really key emotional beats that aren't going to be in the trailer. And Batman v Superman could still have some of that. But, man, they really fucking shot their load with this trailer.
2: I don't think that any of the emotional beats from Civil War can be spoiled because we they were presented in this first trailer. And I don't feel like that's spoiling, and it's just presenting general theme of the movie. This is what the movie is about. Um, the overarching thing is the fight between the government and the superheroes individually, but the heart of the story is the battle between Steve and Tony. And I don't think it's spoiling anything by presenting that in the first trailer. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Okay. Well, was there anything else about the trailer that bothered anybody? For me, Lex Luthor, boy, I fucking don't like him. I don't like this version at all. I wish we had a more standard, typical style Lex Luthor. And I was holding out hope, but after seeing him in action, deliver a couple of lines, yeah, it's Jesse Eisenberg. You know,
1: when I first, when I first saw it, I, I did the old. You know, I I was doing backflips and jumping through hoops, rationalizing how this Lex Luthor could possibly be the Lex Luthor I want. And after watching it a few more times, he fucking can't be. He's a fucking goofball. He's Gene Hackman plus Kevin Spacey, cranked up to 10. There is not one iota of the great Clancy Brown in this performance. The Lex Luthor of Lex Luthers, Even, um... Jeff Loeb's Lex Luthor from his Superman Batman run with with Ed McGuinness. That Lex Luthor, uh savvy businessman, politician Lex Luthor gone. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg may as well be making land deals. Like it's it's fucking silly. I thought for for a minute I was like, "All right, he's putting the the initial scene in the trailer, he sees Clark and Bruce and he's, you know, being all silly." I'm like, "All right, well this is his outward persona. And later on, he's going to get real serious and bring everything more internal and, you know, be quieter and more introspective. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to be disappointed again. Why can't they get Lex Luthor right? Why can't they do it? Why can't they fucking do it? I don't even give a fuck. If he loses his hair at some point, I don't think it's going to be... It's not going to be Lex Luthor. It's not going to be what I think is the Lex Luther people expect to see
2: You guys go. I'll go. I feel like I talked a lot, so I was letting you go. Thank you. Uh,
0: so, obviously, it is not the animated series Lex Luthor. When he shows up for the first time in the trailer to introduce Clark Kent, to Bruce Wayne, we're greeted with a total wacky cheeseball kind of silly character i don't know first time we ever saw yoda he was kind of like that too um also he's bringing some much-needed levity to uh a movie that had none like so i'm looking at this as the sequel to the man of steel kind of
1: but a movie that i don't think needed anymore Needed any more levity than the none that it had? No, I thought Man of Steel was just fine. Like we're not, we're not making Evening Evening at the Improv starring Ultron. Like I, th- uh, I thought, I understand the I comedic understand. moments in Man of Steel were, were non-existent. Right? There were plenty, but they were, they they weren't fucking jackass moments. They weren't cream pie. There moments. weren't any. There absolutely were. Gimme,
0: gimme give me and the listening
1: audience that agrees with me one example go ahead when the big shit's going down at, at the very end and i think it's right after he kisses lois and he's getting ready to take off the fight Zod, he's like you're gonna need to step back and like lois and perry and everyone step back and he goes a little further like it's the small stuff like that mm-hmm. i mean no one's Cracking wise like Robert Downey Jr. for a fucking two hours for an entire movie, like it's it's subtle comedy injected. It's not even comedy. It's just it's it's levity in those in that movie. Uh-huh. But it's a serious fucking movie. It doesn't need to be a comedy. Not saying it needs to be a comedy. And I don't think Lex Luthor. I don't think that performance we saw in the trailer is the way you need to go with that. Like. I mean, fucking stay the course. Who the fuck cares if a bunch of internet fucking dorks think your movie was joyless? Fuck those dudes. Fuck them. You made a good fucking movie. Keep fucking going. If, if the highlights of your fucking levity in this movie are... Is she with you? I thought she was with you. That's fine. Stay the fucking course. Don't give me this horseshit Lex fucking Luther that isn't
2: even Lex Luthor. That is not the answer. I think the funniest part that I've seen so far is the smirk that Ben Affleck gives. It's, it's great. Right. It's, it's fucking is, brilliant. Uh, even if I didn't see the GIF where it replays it a thousand oh, times, honor. in the moment it is a fuck you kind of look that Affleck delivers. Right flawlessly. It's so
1: fucking good and like that's that's the like yeah, Man of Steel could use more of that kind of stuff. But not. we don't need fucking Ultron.
0: You may have gotten the wrong impression somehow, but
2: I don't remember ever saying it needs more Ultron. Well, you kicked his baby. You said that. I did. You insulted Man of Steel.
0: I liked Man of Steel too. I am a fan of that movie, and I think it gets unfairly panned. However, if I'm being honest and I'm being real and I'm being truthful with my real opinion of it, it needed more levity, and it didn't have enough. And yeah, I realized there were high stakes, it was kind of serious, but it's still about a guy wearing his underwear on the outside of his clothes. It's still about superpowers, and it's okay if you can take the most iconic superhero in the world and add a little levity to it. It's not like we're talking Watchmen here, this is fucking Superman. So yeah, it needed more maybe lex Luthor isn't the answer and jesse eisenberg doing it isn't the answer but clearly that's what's going on they're injecting that sense of humor into it that wasn't there for man of steel Um, it does feel like the same style is there like you had mentioned like is she with you or i thought she was with you whatever um although i really hated her entrance um she just appears out of nowhere Um, i'm hoping that it doesn't really go down like that in the movie but that was weak.
2: It seems like there was there was something that was clipped yeah. out of there. Let, let, the cops were um, really quick.
1: <clears throat> I, I I came at you a little hard. You struck a chord? You think I'm very I'm sensitive <laughs> about Man of Steel. Listeners <laughs> at home,
2: go back to that segment where Paul's ranting. Yeah, he, Count I, the fucks yeah, in that rant. Shit. And then send them shit. to me. I I wanna know.
1: I don't necessarily think that it needs more levity but like it needs more it needs more fun like you know i think one of the great points about man of steel i forget who said it but like when the only time you see any like enjoyment is when superman's first learning how to fly like that's the kind of
2: lightness that that movie needs not like you know forced comedy nobody's at this table is asking for ultron or even marvel style Film yeah, making. I like, sure We that... all agree that we want something different. I think we've said it a thousand times since May. Right. So I'm excited for
1: It's too silly.
2: I'm excited for something different. There is a mid ground that exists in filmmaking and it doesn't have to be morose and plot. Lex
1: Luthor's side, it looks like they are reaching for it with this trailer. You get Bruce Wayne smirk, Doomsday lands, and Batman's like, oh shit. Right. You know the shoot with you, with those shoes with you. Like they're gearing, like they're turning it that way a little bit. Yeah, but well, let's man, fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, it, he shows his other side in the trailer too, and he talks about if you know, what does he say? If if, uh, if, if God won't, if God's kill won't kill man, yeah. then the devil will do it and it looks like he's behind the creation of Doomsday, which, quite frankly, I don't care because I don't think he had that wonderful of a origin to begin with. Um, I, with the look of Doomsday, like, I was kind of excited to see Doomsday, a live-action version of Doomsday, because, you know, I'm not... I like uh, DC a lot. But outside of Batman's rogues gallery, I feel like the DC villains are lacking compared to maybe what's in the Marvel stable. And Doomsday is one of my favorites just because I have that sentimental attachment to him and how significant he was to the most iconic superhero of all time back when I was like 12 years old. And I read that at the time. And to finally see him show up, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Even though... It's like, why didn't you make him look more like the comic book? Like, they kind of did, but they didn't push it as far as they should have. Plus, he's t- too damn lean, number one. He sort Another of looks
2: thing- like uh, something out of Lord of the Rings a little well, bit. Well,
0: yeah, he looks like, what's his name, Azog, or what was his name in The Hobbit? The, he looks like
2: the cave troll from, from the first Fellowship of the yeah. The one I thought that, it was
1: Azog, uh, but it's not. It's the cave troll. Yeah, that's the, what Spider-Man I was is, thinking. From the Fel- one that
0: No, no, what he really looks like is he looks like abomination from the incredible. Yeah, Hulk. He does. oh yeah, yeah. Like it it's it, you could take that CGI and just plop it right in Man of Steel 2 or Batman v Superman and you have Doomsday. I this movie, The Spectacle of Batman v Superman should have been the movie. You know, that should have been it. And it feels like somehow maybe they weren't confident in that carrying the entire movie. It feels kind of like a cheap comic book where um, you have the heroes fight, but before the end, they are fast friends, and then they team up to fight a greater threat. That greater threat could have come in another movie. How cool would it have been if Doomsday was the threat in the Justice League movie, where he is so fucking unstoppable that all the heroes have to unite. Not just Batman and Superman for the first time, maybe get a little Wonder Woman in there, but like, no. I'm talking full-on Justice League to take on Doomsday. That would, like, they've completely blown their load in every conceivable way. In the trailer, in the actual movie, in the, the
2: planning of their universe. Well, I think the fact that we've been talking about this movie since episode 6 of this podcast, and now we're on 131 now, really cuts to the point of they've taken too much time to make this movie. That's too. I know they pushed it back, and but I feel like they pushed it back to add these things in here, to add Wonder Woman. I want to see Wonder Woman. She looks really cool. I'm excited to get to see a live action version of her. Doomsday, great, whatever. But they've added too many too many things to this um recipe. All you need is Batman. The Superman. That's all you need. Those are you only cream. need him to face off once, too. Right. You don't need him to. Oh, I'm am fine with a uh, an initial fight
0: like a like a Rocky three kind of scenario where he fights Clubber Lang once, and then you go back and you fight him again at the end. I'm fine with two.
2: Yeah, you, you could she even do that, him. but it seems like there are just like the, the entire movie is just them facing off against each other, and I. Th- I think it's just way too much they've added too much to this movie yeah, these,
0: each of those characters in and of themselves are very potent flavors so mixing those two together plus a little little dash of wonder woman a little pinch of doomsday it's too much too much for the for the superhero stew
2: yeah it seems like with marvel's scheduling and how they just keep cranking out film tv yeah it, it, it seems like they're like, well, by the time that this comes out, we have a lot of catching up to do.
0: Yeah, they try to, they're to, they trying to catch up all in one fell swoop. And I'm nervous that that's not gonna work. Mm. However, there were things that I did like about the trailer too. And I know I beat it up. So before I get to that, there was one more little thing that I didn't like. I didn't like the way that it was cut together with that music. Like the music was like real punchy and it would go like da 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 da. And every time it would hit that like hard note, the, the camera, um, like the actual video would like quickly strobe effect and zoom in or like it would be these super fast cuts of the same thing. And it just was bizarre. Like I didn't really catch it the first time I watched it, but I'd probably gone back and watched the trailer a total about four times now. And it irritates me every time I see it, it bothers me a little bit more. And like, and it's so repetitive it's almost like like drilled into your head like it's it's kind of irritating it really is um just thumbs down
1: on the on the editing of that trailer yeah there was a natural ending point to the trailer and then it cuts to the lex and lois scene and that's like oh oh we're still going there's more yeah uh so
0: let's get to the things that actually were working um Again, the cinematography is incredible. I thought that when I first saw the Man of Steel trailer, I was like, "Holy crap! This feels like kind of artistic." And guess what? This feels like it too. This is giving me the Gotham City and the Batman look, the aesthetic that I've always wanted. Uh, that was not there at all for the Christopher Nolan movies. Now it's there, but now it's with Batman as well as Superman. So that's really cool. Like I'm thinking about like certain things like. Um, when batman clearly had uh, left his mark on a couple of criminals or a criminal and then you see the newspaper with the guy getting caught. left his mark
2: sounds so dirty
0: well he literally did i think the bat symbols like branded into his chest or something i don't know what he did put it in a
1: fire first and then the came on is
0: that what it is he that's, comes in batman logos yeah, i mean that's to me that's your if anybody that's comes, your very it standard it's so, bat it so hot it
2: burned him. There's pee holes in the shape of a batarang. Isn't that
1: what Zorro used to do, too? He had no choice. He had to be Batman. He was like, Alfred, look at this thing. I've got to be Batman. So anyway, um... Well, so...
0: So I like the aesthetics and everything and the cinematography. I also really liked seeing the play between Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. I feel like there's some fucking legit chemistry there. Uh, As much chemistry as there wasn't for Henry Cavill and, um... The, Michael Shannon? No. Uh, Amy Adams? The, Amy Adams. It looks like it's there in spades for these characters. So that's really exciting because you know, they kind of need it, right? The movie's called Batman v. Superman. So that was cool. I don't know about you guys. Love Batman's voice.
1: Love it. Love it. It's perfect. There's there's nothing about Ben Affleck's Batman not to love. Except that giant gun. That he's carrying at the end. <laughs> Rob Liefeld was like, he's Rob Liefeld just
0: shows up on set. He's like, "Hey guys, guys, I got this great idea. Here, here, hold this gun. Cable used to use it, and that's what it, doesn't it look like? Rob Liefeld literally drew that but, gun. Like, like, Batman has
2: those. a ton of, tons of it's lots of guns, gun related weapons. I think his the Batmobile shooting multiple missiles in this trailer. By like, this point
1: in in the movie, like I don't think that's. I would like to think that's not a bullet firing gun. It's some like you know It looked bullet like to me. Thing. Oh that gun. I thought you meant the one in the bat wing or whatever that thing is. No, I mean the one that he's the one that he's carrying. Like yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah. like electrical charge can or something like that. But yeah, I feel like even after all these years and like all this time over the last ten years of, you know, Batman turning slowly and slowly or slower and slowly
2: into the, he's, what's he what's happening to
1: him he's becoming the punisher
2: Ah. Uh, the punisher it's still, it's still punisher. weird
1: seeing him like carrying a big fucking gun and yeah I know it's fucking Batman and he can't roll into a doomsday fight with a couple batarangs but like it's still obvious uh, it really makes me wonder what happened to gun.
2: it makes me wonder what happened to his bat brain? suit not his bat brain <laughs> That he can't, you know, his bat out suit. Like, did, didn't he have like Dark Knight Returns robotic bat suit oh. at some point? Like, I and I feel the way that this is cut that this scene happens afterwards, this right? Is the well, big that's the, climactic that's, fight. That seems like the natural yeah. progression. It things. looks like they it'd they be amazing it. if this happened first and then everything else <laughs> happened. Yeah, they kill Dooms and then they <laughs> hate each other. Ah, that would be great. I would love that.
0: Uh, what are the other things that you guys liked? Or I mean, I really thought that Gal Gadot looked really cool on screen as well. Like I was pretty happy with just I the
1: little bit that we saw. Of I her. don't think we needed to see her. Agreed. Formal entrance. Agreed. But I like the way I like the way they introduce her, where you know she appears behind like the flaming shield and she you know slowly lowers it and you see who it is. Yeah, I wish that would have happened in but, the theater yeah, right, when yeah, we were yeah, all right. experiencing the actual movie. I love when. Superman says, if I wanted you, if I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead already. Right. Like, I, know I love his badassness. I wish that just brightened the fucking colors in this shit. Yeah. Oh. Just give me some more fucking colors. Because, like, when... And watching it tonight before, the, before we started recording, you know, Bruce says the line of, I don't know about clowns dressed in gaudy colors or whatever. And I'm like, who are you talking about? Because this Superman is In black and white <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's Charlie Chapman's Man of Steel He looks
0: like Superman After uh, he came back From the dead In
2: that all black suit <laughs> Yeah Yeah my favorite part About this trailer Is just the interaction Between Clark Kent <laughs> And Bruce Wayne The standoffishness The clear You know I don't really like you Don't come at me With all these Fucking questions Stupid reporter Yeah, don't don't ask people who is that? I'm fucking Bruce Wayne. I'm Bruce Wayne.
1: I've been around. I've been playing this game for a long time. Who the fuck are you?
2: Ben Affleck already could possibly be the best Bruce Wayne. It's got the look, guts, got a little bit of the smarmy. Just get the fuck off. The arrogance, I guess. Maybe not smart. The 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 I'm rich. I'm powerful. Get the fuck off me. I'm Bruce Wayne. And I think that the interaction that they showed... So basically very you beginning. just described
0: Donald Trump.
2: Well, he Donald Trump, do we think that he fights crime? Well, nobody thinks Bruce Wayne
0: does either. What I'm saying is with that attitude, I'm rich, you're not, get the fuck off me.
2: Does he... Is he a... Has, is Donald Trump a playboy? Is he... Somebody that is sought after, a eligible bachelor. He's just one time he was. I don't think he ever was. I don't think, think he's he, ever. He was attractive.
1: He, no, he, but he, he wasn't. He like I watched a documentary like, on him he like the other get week. Like women all the time. It doesn't like, fucking matter. He did it with his money. Let's set. Let's. Well, okay. The precedent for Bruce Wayne here is that dude is so fucking sexy. As soon as he walks in a room, chicks lose their shit. Like. And nobody does
0: that for Donald Trump. No one's never done that. I understand that. I'm just saying, Ian, what you described was Donald Trump. That's all. I was making a joke. From a certain point of view. All right, Ben Kenobi, let's settle it down. Speaking of Ben Kenobi, there's a new movie on the horizon called The Force Awakens. It comes out in a mere nine days from today holy shit by the way I I can't believe it's only nine days away I remember when we first started talking about this movie before we started this lovely podcast that you're all listening to we were talking about episode 7 the upcoming Star Wars movie are they gonna recast Luke Skywalker as Ryan Gosling no that was gonna be Han Solo we didn't know who the fuck no Paul who did you say should play
2: Luke Ryan Gosling yeah I wanted Ryan
0: Gosling oh well who was gonna be Han then
1: I don't know. I
2: don't I don't think we got that far.
0: Was it Zach Efron or something? Could you imagine if they had gone that route? I think it was probably good the money. Did. Anyway,
1: it seems like we this don't is... need Zach Efron as Han Solo, but I think if, if like we were picking up immediately after, Ryan Gosling would have been a great Luke Skywalker.
2: It seems so silly that we ever speculated on a different way. To right. bring Star Wars back, right? And this I think, feels supernatural, right?
0: Exactly. We can all agree they they did the right thing. However, with that said and that in mind, even though fan uh, expectations and fan excitement is at a, a fevered pitch, do we have any <clears throat> fears going into this movie at all? Are there anything that like worries you? Are there any mistakes you're afraid they might make? Things that maybe. Star Wars is prone to, or J.J. Abrams is prone to, or certain people involved that are untested. Anything like that? Ian? I have... Uh, why don't... Why well,
1: don't Ian? Uh, uh, no, 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 no Let's no, no, Paul, yeah, no, no, go it. i it up. Go ahead.
0: You go, no, no, no. I, You didn't let me finish. Ian, I was going to say. Let's let Paul talk.
1: <laughs> the only reason I was going to jump in is because before we started recording, you guys were like, I wasn't pre- prepared for this. I don't have anything. And I was like, don't worry. I've got fears and spades. What we call that is hate on
2: tap. So go ahead, Paul. (laughs) That's
1: my fucking game!
2: But if you have something to go, go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. What do you got? I really don't, Paul. That's why I'm saying why don't you go ahead. I know this is lovely podcasting, but you know what you're going to fucking say, so say it, man. One of my biggest fears is that they're not going to break the mold.
1: They're going to go in the formula that George Lucas put together for the original trilogy... In the prequel trilogy, and they're gonna follow it through in this trilogy. Are or these not.
2: realistic fears? Because. Yeah, I think it is. You think that that's something that they could possibly do with all of the talk about how things are gonna be different and the. Th- these are practical effects, not that dreaded CGI
1: I and mean, all that stuff. Storytelling wise, I think we're gonna fall into the same tropes of. Our young heroes are going to meet an old veteran, and he's going to die at the end, and then they're going to go forward from there. No one needs to die at the end of this fucking movie. Like, why do we need to kill someone? Like, don't fall into the same... Like, George Lucas was big on the parallels, and, you know, we did this in A New Hope, so we're going to do it in Phantom Menace. We did this in Empire, so we're going to do it in Attack of the Clones. Fuck that. Throw all those parallels in the fucking garbage. He's out! You got free reign, do what you want! Make your own movies now. Yeah, Make your th- own fucking movies.
2: I think that they are going to do that. I think they're going to veer away from the old and try to change it up and shake things up. Of course, there will be some similarities to the prequels and the original trilogy, but I don't think it has to fall step for step in line with what's come in the past. I
1: don't think it has to either, which is why I hope they don't do it. Yeah, you're going to get a bad feeling about this, but you know they don't need to follow... They don't need to follow the the story beats, and I'm afraid that they're going to the way they're that it's already the way that we haven't seen a whole lot, but it looks like that's where they're going so far. Now, granted, who the fuck knows what's gonna happen after this one because Abrams is out,
2: brand new director. Or only we can only speculate on this one so
1: far. Right, but so far, like that's that's one of my biggest fears is that they're gonna they're going to try to hold into that same pattern, and I don't think they need to at
0: Well, all. Paul, I would say that uh, that's a pretty legit fear because it really looks like that's what's going to happen. Right. At least in the first act of this movie. You have the um, kind of the nobody character stranded on a desert planet that is destined for greatness, who I think we all kind of speculate is going to be the true hero of the movie and of the trilogy. Um and, uh, I mean, it it sounds exactly like A
2: New Hope. Or is that a red herring that the person stranded on the... I guess there's there are two people stranded, so who knows? I, I don't think it's a red
0: herring. I think it is what it is, what it appears to be. But I'm okay with that, actually. I'm okay with that kind of being the same trajectory because it looks like there's enough new shit, different shit, that should be okay. Um, we'll see, but... Uh, I'm not too nervous about it, but what you're afraid of, Paul, already appears to be a reality. What I'm afraid of is a little bit more specific. If I had to say that I have any uh, concern, it might be about specific characters uh, or actors. And uh, Number one, Daisy Ridley. I'm a little bit nervous about her. Yeah? Yeah, man. She's never done anything
1: before. Okay, I have no concerns about Daisy Ridley whatsoever. I have a fucking mountain of concerns about Gal Gadot. She's done. She's been fucking set dressing in a couple Fast and Furious movies, and you're giving her Wonder Woman. Oh,
0: but Daisy, Batman v
1: Superman, but 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 Daisy Ridley, you know, she hasn't really done anything. She hasn't done anything. But you, I. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a bad judge of talent, but I get the sense she's going to fucking crush this.
0: I hope so, but I'm nervous because I just don't know. I don't have anything to go on other than a gut feeling, right? And I don't really have a gut feeling one way or the other, but I'm trying to base this on logic. I've seen her in nothing. Um, I heard a rumor, or I don't know, what the fuck did I hear? It might have been on another podcast, but apparently the first day of shooting... Uh, JJ Abrams pulled her aside and gave her a critique on her acting and said it was kind of wooden. Which I was like, well holy shit.
1: Mm. That oh, was we've heard that adjective before. We
0: have. where have we heard that, Paul? Who who was described as having wooden acting in the past? Oh, we heard that about Hayden
1: Christensen. And- Hayden and we hate it. slamming him on this podcast. We do.
0: And he was the main character in the last Star Wars trilogy, right? Yeah. So now we have the new main character of the new trilogy, and she is being described as acting wooden by the director little bit of a concern um, you know I, I, I I'm also noticing we haven't really seen her say much in the trailers or even the T spot, TV spots just a little bit here and there quick lines out of context no like extended lines that go like from line to line and I feel like we're getting more of that from Harrison Ford we're getting more of that from even John Boyega we're even getting more of that from Adam Fucking Driver.
1: He sounds amazing. He
0: does. But I'm noticing with Daisy Ridley, they're really piecing her shit together much more carefully. Like that line in the trailer where she's like, "I know all about waiting," and then, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: and then she says, "I'm no one."
0: And th- when well, she said that, and then she goes, "For my family." But that maybe that's her accent.
1: Is she but Irish? It's, is it's that
0: weirdly Daisy cut. Daisy they're not They're not lines that go together. So, like... It, what I'm saying is, I feel like... What was the waiting line? <laughs> I know all about waiting. Isn't that what it sounds like? Uh, anyway.
2: Waiting at an Irish pub. And then she goes,
0: for my family. Mm. That's a concern. The other little concern I have is that character, that CGI character that Lupina Nyong'o mo-capped, which is um, Maz Maz Kanada, which I can't look at that fucking name and not think Maz Katana. And I'm like, no, 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 she's not a samurai.
1: (laughs) That's the one that bothers me more.
0: She looks like, like, uh, for as much as they've gone out of their way to distance themselves from a lot of the aesthetics of the prequels, She looks like a fucking CGI character ripped right out of episode one's pod race. Like, I think they literally took her out of one of the pods and was like, hey, this would make a great character
2: to progress the story. But her, just how she really looks in regular life, I haven't seen her mocap yet
0: yeah man like she plays this little orange
2: character like with goggles with goggles she looks really stupid yeah i haven't seen it yet has anybody seen um andy circus's character yet no no no.
0: uh i think it was confirmed that he's 20 or no he's um 20 he's uh seven feet tall so he's like chewbacca height but anyway uh so those two characters, um, the visual aesthetics of the Mas Kanata and then maybe Daisy Ridley's acting, have me concerned.
1: I haven't had a problem with Daisy Ridley at all, but the the only line we hear from Mas Canada is that. Who are you? Oh, that's no, sound- no, a little strange. There's been more. Well, the In Who the Are You box. line is the one that always sounds really goofy to me. I'm like, it kind of does. That doesn't sound kinda like, does. like now, they mixed it properly into whatever they're doing. As
0: we've gotten, as we've inched closer and closer to the release of the movie, they're letting more details drop. And the Maz Kanata character is actually like super old. We're talking like a thousand years old, like Yoda old. Hmm. So, like, somebody even asked, I think J.J. Abrams, like, has Maz Kanata and Yoda did they ever like cross paths and the answer would be like yes but we're not going to see it in this movie like they knew who each other were and I was like oh that's kind of interesting because I don't know what the fuck Maz Kanata is except kind of dumb looking that's that's the extent of my understanding of that
1: character she sounds like a beautiful African woman and she looks dumb there's there's the couple pictures that I'm seeing online, there's the one from the poster where she has, she looks like she's out of the pod races with the goggles and the orange face. Right. And then there's a different painting with like a long, where she's green with a long neck and kind of a red bandana. And that looks a little more, like I'd, I'd be way more okay with that than that official. Yeah, that was painting. A, so that maybe was a,
0: um, a
1: kind of a concept uh painting that they had done
0: but it obviously ended up being more cute.
2: Oh, yeah, I see no, that no, one, no, no, no. yeah. No, no. It does look more like a putter. I honestly didn't even pick up that character. Is that Ben I was Quadranero's? The, uh, it's
0: Ben uh, Quadranero's girlfriend.
1: Oh, his slam piece.
2: <laughs> you know what those goggles are for? <laughs> oh, <laughs> filthy.
1: That came from Matt Cassell, everyone. I think on that note We're this
0: gonna... would be a good time to wrap it up. Did he say what he's most concerned about? Oh Ian, what are you most concerned
2: about? Uh the I think, the, that, I think it's gonna be great. No, well, I mean I wouldn't want the the plot to be too convoluted. I feel like the problem that I had with the Phantom Menace, it's not that it was about politics. All that stuff can be presented very interestingly. However, the way that it was presented was convoluted, dry, plodding, and boring. I don't want something similar to that in this film. I don't think that we're gonna get that from J.J. Abrams. It's sort of, um, it's that's not something that he's ever done before, but that's a concern. That's something that I, I don't wanna be sitting in my seat an hour into it and feeling like, oh, wow, this is taking a long time. I just don't wanna have The same feeling that I had of of disappointment with some of the other prequel films. Um, So we'll see where that all goes. And on that note...
1: Yeah, on that note, we're gonna
0: wrap it up. One last thing. Guys, reminder. Please, please donate to the McSauce Toys for Tots comic book podcast. I kind of fucked that up, didn't I?
2: If you donate after... December 11th. That just goes to us. That That's just a donation for you loving our podcast. And we'll, we'll, we'll accept that as
0: well. bottom of the page.
1: Do us a favor. Donate. We would appreciate it. Uh, all the needy children would appreciate it. But for tonight's episode, my name is Paul McGinsey. Ian Sharpley. I'm Matt South. We'll see you next time.
2: I was gonna say maybe you need a squatty potty so you can poop.